0: Welcome back to the FAAA podcast. I am joined by Dante Tagore, which is a name that we have probably heard before uh, around the traps of the Heritage FPA. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Fraser. It's great to be here. Now, fantastic. You are here, of course. You've had to
1: fly in from overseas to be here. I have. I've actually, uh, I've just come via Johannesburg, um, but but, uh, I came from the U.S.,
0: Fantastic! And
1: so um, you're living in the US these days. I am. I am. So I, I moved there uh, six months ago with the family to Denver, Colorado. So some of some of the uh, FAAA members I know I've seen on social media might actually fly to Aspen during the Christmas period for skiing. I, I don't actually. I'm not actually an Aspen person yet, uh, but uh, but uh, there are great ski fields in Colorado, so I'm looking forward to. Uh, visiting them during the winter and have you found a football team to follow while you're over there well, you can only follow the Broncos, uh, the the Denver Broncos is the uh, football team. It's the team of choice in Denver, and yeah. that's and that's the only type of football you're allowed to follow. Uh, is that it's the only type of football. The round ball to game it. doesn't get followed over it? Or you've got to follow the basketball and you know, the the Nuggets. Uh, Fair enough. They are the champions, NBA champions, and then they've got obviously baseball and ice hockey is another uh, is a fan favorite as well. Fantastic.
0: So you're not starved of sport so. now. You, uh, obviously, you used to uh, be at the Heritage FPA. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your journey since leaving that role.
1: Yeah. So, um, at the uh, 1st of January this year, I was appointed to take on the role as CEO of the Financial Planning Standards Board, uh, FPSB. Uh, So, who are they? Uh, FPSB is an international body, uh, even though they're they're, um, headquartered in the US, in Denver, Colorado. It's an international organization. And effectively, what they do is two things they set uh, standards for financial planning globally and they 're the owner of the certification marks. so the CfP marks that are here in Australia are licensed uh, by FpsB to fAAA uh, to distribute here in australia and effectively, what FpsB does is license uh, at the moment twenty seven territories we license. Uh, associations in those territories to issue the certification mark my job is to ensure that network of uh, associations and professional bodies uh, are able to you know to grow the certification but then also part of my job is going into new territories bringing the certification and the standards of financial planning into new markets so this year is an example we brought on Italy um, so it was really fun bringing it on Italy being able to go over there and, uh, uh, and and bring in a market that has financial planning it's a mature financial services market um, and they were wanting the certification uh, to to come into Italy and we're looking at other markets as well like uh, our our target uh, or an area of focus for us over the next two to three years will be South America. Uh, Looking at Mexico and Chile and Peru etc and uh, to bring in um, financial planning standards and the certification marks in those territories. Fantastic! So you've been very busy since you left uh, the
0: the the old FPA. I can get my acronyms correct. Yes. Uh, and you know, bringing bringing certification not just to the Australian market but globally. And, yes. and making sure that that mark and 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 the the standards are uh, lifting and raising. And I want to talk to you a bit, a bit yes. more about how where that's going to in the future as we go through this conversation. But, sure. Yeah. So busy times.
1: Yeah, look, very busy. I mean, it's, it's interesting because financial planning and the role of financial planning in, in every market is the same. You know, the challenges around uh, consumer awareness of financial planning, you know, the value of financial planning, that comes up in every territory. Um, but there are nuances and differences as well, you know, depending on the markets. You know, for, for example, in South Africa, one of the key issues with consumers there is the fact that most South Africans are investing their money overseas. Uh, brazil's the same they 're investing their money overseas as well as you know potentially having in, in locally and so financial planners there are v- much more averse in terms of dealing with clients with cross border assets um, in uh, in japan you know what 's really fascinating is like such a very very small proportion or percentage of the population actually invest their money it 's all in cash, and so the CFP professionals there are effectively facilitating Financial literacy and and, and financial engage, education as part of their main role because people don't really invest their money, and so it is more the holistic or strategic financial planning in terms of um, in terms of cash flow budgeting um, uh, and uh, you know and savings and saving for for things but not investing. So it's just it's really interesting. So there are the unique challenges in the different territories um, that. Uh, certified financial planners are doing, but you know, there. But there are also similar challenges as well. Uh, and, you know, and I mentioned today at the at the morning session, artificial intelligence and technology is uh, is the topic of the hot topic everywhere around the world, and how that's going to impact our yes, uh, financial planning. going Absolutely, forward. there's a, there's a lot of still questions around how that's going
0: to go, yeah. and, and and obviously we've come a long way in the last twelve months and we'll be, we'll continue on that journey when it comes to how uh, artificial intelligence is going to yes. play its role which we'll probably get to so you've been we've been lucky enough to have you present on a couple of topics the first one obviously uh, around that conversation of how that's this new technology is going to fit in and and, it, and the and the and the golden question of is it going to Take away advice altogether, and the answer to
1: that is no, no not at all. I did so the line the, the line that um, it's not my line, but I, I don't uh, I don't know the name of the individual that I stole it from, but it's artificial intelligence will not replace financial planners, but financial planners will be replaced by financial planners who utilise artificial intelligence. Yes, correct, and uh, and I, I strongly believe, and I I think the Australian market, and you know, from the experience we had uh, many years ago with robo advice coming into the market, I think. The uh, Australian financial planners are a lot more attuned to the fact that yeah, it's this thing's not going away, but more uh, more about how like it's the, the biggest. I remember with fintech and robo uh, and uh, fintech in general. I remember when I was at the FPA or the old FPA. Um, the biggest the biggest question that we had from members was, but how how can we help like help us decide on a fintech uh, solution? Like I mean, you know, the the world is outside of our domain there are so many players players that don't exist anymore and the biggest challenge wasn't it wasn't that we didn't believe that we needed technology it was like help us integrate it find it do something about it and the big players in the market obviously have the financial and the and the the human capital to do something about it it's the, it's it's most of the financial planners here are small business owners so they don't have the you know the time or the resources to just play around in the space and, um, you know, and so they, 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 they're wanting to know what they need to do and yep. that's the hard part and I think that's the challenge.
0: Yep, fantastic. Uh, and the second presentation you're working on today was around the, the board itself, the Standards Board, the Professional yep. Standards Board. Uh, tell us a little bit about that yes. uh, presentation and some of the stuff that you've got um, um, been, working on, been working on in the past yes. and uh, moving forward.
1: Yeah, so one of the uh, – uh, there's two, two, two key pieces of work uh, that we're, we have embarked on and are embarking on. And one of those is the uh, review and update of our standards across the globe. These are global standards in the practice of financial planning. And effectively, they split into three pillars. Uh, knowing, which is your knowledge domain, um, you know, the theory uh, and, the, and the education that you need. Then there's the, um, uh, the doing, uh, which is the practice of financial planning. So the standards and the practice guidelines um, uh, and your six step financial planning process etc and then there's the being which is what all about being a f- professional and that's your code of ethics you know your, and, and obviously your your professionalism and so they are the three pillars uh, so we've restructured our um, our standards under that th- three pillar framework and in particular what's new uh, once you restructure what's new or what we're looking to introduce going forward is some new knowledge domains a new, uh, and new and, and a greater emphasis on uh, in area of focus, and this will this will be both in practice, but also in terms of the future financial planner, in terms of what he and she will learn as they as they become uh, certified. And the the biggest the biggest uh, or the newest uh, uh, knowledge domain that we're introducing is called psychology of financial planning. It's born out of the US. It's very big in the US. Um, and the psychology of financial planning as a domain effectively is. Is, is uh, encompasses behavioural finance and economics, but it's a lot broader than that, and, and it covers many areas in respect to um, the relationship, not of just money, but the uh, the, um, the the um, the mind and the thinking and the, the biases that both the financial planner has and brings to the relationship as well as the client. So it's not just understanding, for example, how the client's going to react if they lose money and are they going to sleep well at night and do they really understand the risk. It's also, you know, um, it's, it's understanding what you bring to the table and, uh, and, and your relationship with your own financial planning process um, as well as your own relationship with investments and money and other parts of the financial planning process and how that influences what you do uh with, with uh, your client and the client recommendations. And many I think many financial planners look at this and say, well, you know, through experience and through time, I you know, I understand my clients quite well. I, I know what you know client X would do in a situation with clients Y. And that's true. What we're trying to do is we don't want, you know, ten years of experience to get you there because your clients that were with you in year one? Obviously, didn't get the best of you. How do we make sure that all financial planners are appropriately equipped and trained, and have the tools and resources to deal with uh, situations and understand the psychology of their clients and the psychology of themselves to give advice? And just to be clear, we're not we're not saying they have to be psychologists, yeah. but it's it's definitely a, a an area a, a domain that's going to become very uh, very more prominent and important as the future the future role of financial planner changes and. And aligned with that, um, will be the role of financial planning in the area of coaching, the role of financial planning in terms of the adaption of human skills. Now, human skills, you know, as you know, phrase has been around forever and that's a core element of being a financial planner, uh, and dealing with clients and having that, that human touch. That's what really differentiates us and why we'll always, you know, be around because computers can't do that or do that well. Um, but the emphasis on human skills isn't, has, 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 not really been part of the curriculum. Um, hasn't been really, you know, it's been deemed more of that airy fairy, you know, not, not, not that important. You just, you know, you either have it or you don't. We think it's fundamental. So in, in, f- uh, future CFP professionals, they will, they will get an academic training in terms of human skills. I mean, yes, I've put into practice and, you know that comes with experience but it's these these elements and these domains will become um, core parts of your training yes
0: for future financial planners. managing so managing client expectations managing client behavior is obviously a huge part in this uh, now as you bring these standards through we're talking uh, CFP professionals obviously as, as one part of mm-hmm. that standards is this something that we're bringing to the whole of the of the profession though or, or the whole of the association?
1: Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the idea. So, I mean, these these standards have been created for the profession of financial planning. So, um, yes, I mean, the certification, uh, it will directly impact certificates, uh, future certificates, as well as existing. But the idea is that uh, all practice, all those who practice in financial planning, it's our, uh, it's our aim and goal that uh, these competency areas, these standards will become core for all financial planners. And in particular, I mean, as an example, going to new territories, um, where, they, where they don't have a financial planning sort of market or profession um, or it's, it's very embryonic, um, you know, they're wanting these standards coming. Now, they're not, they don't want to wait. They're actually saying, well, we want, we want to be brought into, um, into a, a standard that, you know, is, is, is what's been practiced in other territories. Now, they, they want us to help them sort of graduate that because obviously, you know, you, you're talking about a group of professionals and maybe it's just still selling products for commission as an example. So it's transforming that, but they're really looking at fast-tracking that and they want those standards to come in across the whole um, the whole sector, if you like. So that's the goal. But, I mean, you know, the, our, our primary focus to start with is uh, CFP professionals and working our way for that. And most of, our, uh, most of our affiliates, like F888, have membership outside of the CFP program. And so, you know, the, between all our uh, associates, is probably – yeah, five hundred thousand plus financial planners we're talking about, and they all should be subject to those same standards. Yeah, fantastic. And so um,
0: here in Australia, obviously, you 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 were well across all the FASIA regulations when they came in, and and mm-hmm. they kind of, in a way, went. You know, they didn't even really put the CFP or the or the professional standards into the bucket. They just yep. wanted to create something new and, and a new qualification. How do you see that future molding now um, there's been some change obviously you're across them here in Australia with, with what, where, where that's going and ASIC and those sorts of things how do you now see the, the, the what you're talking about bringing in um, moving into to the Australian market with, well, with, with I mean, what's with what's already there with regards to qualifications
1: yeah and and, and we, we should remind ourselves Australia has um, in terms of just licensing has the highest standards in the world I mean whichever way I I know some people there's pro you know people are on both sides of the fence in terms of what you know what's happened since, um, and with the experience pathway coming in, etc. But even with all that, um, you know, to, to for for any new person coming into our industry, they have to have a degree qualification and do this professionally. No other country in the world requires that just to be licensed. Um, uh, other countries have multiple licenses because we're lucky in that we we have all our licenses sort of combined under one I mean people again there's pros and cons to that but in other countries you've got a securities license you've got an insurance license etc so people advisors there are holding multiple licenses right? or, or even different states of the country having different
0: requirements as
1: you'd be exactly. used to in the states exactly yeah. so you know there are other complications in the world that are different but in Australia in terms of a standard it's very high very very high so I think Australia is in a great position. I mean, uh, it has some of the highest standards in the world. And I think, uh, also the introduction of behavioral finance has become a core component of, um, the curriculum for, uh, for both existing and new. So, I mean, that, that, as I said, it's not, it's not the entire com- competency profile of psychology or financial planning, but it's a, it's a, it's a good component of it. Um, and so, I think Australia is in a much better position than many other countries to adopt these standards going forward, and it'll be a lot more easier to integrate going forward. We've given, uh, we've given all, our, um, all, all our affiliate organizations two years uh, to look at transitioning, and that's not just the associations, but working with the education providers to ensure that... Um, you know, psychology of financial planning, for example, becomes part of the curriculum of financial planning. So you'll see over the next two years that this will start getting implemented. Um, in, in So basically all financial planning um, uh, courses around the world will include these new knowledge domains. But we've given everyone two years to do that. Fantastic. And so they're... Professional, sorry, the Financial yeah. Professional Standards
0: Board, which yeah. is which is what you're leading. Yeah. Uh, that'll work with the FAAA to bring those standards out, so people don't have to go and search for you. No, for no. example, they'll they'll just be able to find that through the
1: FAAA. That's right. So yeah, we basically we work through all the affiliate organisations like FAAA, and so for Australian financial planners and all the members of FAAA, it'll all be done through there. Um, so yeah, no need to no need to remember who we are effectively. Uh, but that's the connection, and I mean the relationship is with. Us and FAAA, not us and the individual financial planners. That's the role of FAAA.
0: Yeah, but it's great to know that uh, the FAAA is in, in in essentially working with the rest of the associations around the world to lift yeah. the standards. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and uh, you know uh, they're doing a lot in terms of being able to share and and learn with other territories. You know, Australia I and mean, we had David and Sarah um, uh, attend our global meeting. We we have a global meeting once a year, and we held that in Singapore this year. We're all the Countries around the world and all the associations of those countries came together to discuss all the you know latest issues regarding financial planning and talking about the standards as as uh, as we just discussed, but also you know what what uh, things like ESG for example, because again many parts of the world ESG like in, in Europe there's a, a requirement for financial planners to consider ESG as part of the financial planning process. You know is that going to is that going to come here? Um, and obviously you know the role of technology is quite big and. Um, and, and, you know, and uh, other trends around, uh, you know, dealing with uh, the next generation of clients, etc. Like everybody has similar challenges, but, you know, different countries are at different stages of some of those uh, and obviously legislative regimes in some places are more ahead than others in terms of legislating. Like, you know, South Africa is another example where they're legislating crypto assets as a financial product. You know, that's not here in Australia at the moment. So it, it changes again for financial planners in South Africa. They're going to have to get trained. You know, yep. on on crypto assets because they're now now allowed to give advice on it. Wow, wow, what a world! Uh, Dante, thank
0: you for stopping by the podcast booth and giving us an update on what you've been up to and where you've been. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, and we look forward to uh, following your journey as it goes by.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you.